everyone. Welcome to the Legacy Cafe podcast with your host, Rob Lucy, author of the book, How Will You Be Remembered? The Definitive Guide to Creating and Sharing Your Life Story. So grab yourself a cup of coffee and find yourself a seat in the Legacy Cafe. Here's Rob. Thanks, Kathy. Hello, everyone. I'm Rob Lucy. Nice to have you with us. Today, we're going to talk family legacy. So assume for a moment that you're a family with a whole bunch of resources and there's still a lot to learn if you're an individual. But the goal is to create family legacies that includes more than just money. Because here's the problem. According to my guest, 99% of the estate CCs don't incorporate the real key part of our lives, our character, our values, the stories of, of our family, and much else that gives a family legacy the richness, the fulfillment and joy both today and generations from now. My guest is Steve Markin. He's an attorney. He's a trustee who oversees the financial legacy of, of families, and he knows there's a lot more in a family legacy, and we'll talk about that. He's the president of the Stewardship Council, who supports families and foundations and advisory communities to, quote, and I quote him, to transfer the heritage, to transfer our heritage through the generations. So Steve helps build lasting, meaningful family legacies, and I think he's down there in Colorado. Steve Markin, are you there? I'm here. Hey, Rob. Good to talk Hi. to you. Uh, great to have you on board. Let's talk. Let's break. I want to keep this fairly simple. Let's break this up into three areas. Money, us, and them. First of all, money. I've always had a feeling that having resources is kind of a, a two-edged sword. What mistakes do families make when it comes down to um, deal, managing the money? And what can, what can money do on the, on the dark side? Well, they, it's interesting. Money itself has no character. It's inanimate. Um, and so it, it really depends upon the hands in which the money is received. Mm -hmm. um, and so money, as you and I have seen, can do incredible things. It can change the direction or the course of an individual who receives it. For example, it could provide for education that will provide a foundation for a good productive life. A meaningful life. Um, money also received by the wrong hands can completely kill initiative and drive. It can be used in all sorts of ways that are self-destructive. For example, with a lot of money, somebody that perhaps struggles with um, substances now has the ability to do much more harm than they ever could. So money itself is a, is a tricky thing. Again, it's inanimate, and it completely depends upon the hands in which it's put. If I have those resources, what's the first thing I should put into place to use them properly then? Well, it, it, it really goes back and depends upon, again, the character of the recipient. Um, working with materially successful families has shown me that money itself just doesn't appear. It usually appears because, or it is, is held because, of a good, strong work ethic. And those that have been responsible for the generation of that wealth, they understand the blood, sweat, and tears that, that have gone on into the earning of those dollars. Mm -hmm. So when you have been the one that has earned it, that has worked towards that, um, you understand 
uh, the value of it. Contrast that to somebody who, who, let's say, inherits money and a good deal of money. And, for example, a, a young child where they have not had the experience to go and work. Um, they don't know the, the ethic that goes into earning a dollar. And now all of a sudden they have all this money. So if you contrast the two, the one that has not, doesn't have that ethic within them and they receive money, they're not going to appreciate it. It's mm -hmm. just there. And so we live in a culture also that is very, uh, that markets to our materialism. Yep. And that, that will feed their thirst. The second part we talked about money, this one I think you're now talking about is us, and that is the characters and the stories and the values. How, how do you incorporate those in the estates you see, and, and what, what value or benefit have you seen that accrue to families who know this is important? Yeah, good question, Rob. And, and again, I serve as trustee for a lot of families all across the country. Um, and we're really the steward of that family, the deceased's legacy. That's their last statement, is their estate plan. And I can tell you that well over 99% of the estates that we oversee, none of them have the family story as part of it. Instead, it's just a lot of legal terminology. And that is the thing that's to guide us as we, again, as trustees, steward whatever that legacy is. Why 99%? Why, what are we doing wrong? Or who isn't asking for these stories? You know, I think it's a, it's a product of the, the um, industry. Financial advisors usually have a deep relationship with their clients. But usually, quite often, that whole engagement and relationship is focused about the money. It's not really focused upon the story behind the money. And so largely in the financial services industry, that whole, uh, those advisors have been trained up to focus upon the money, not necessarily the values behind the money or the family. So if we could change it right now, we would ask those advisors to ask their clients for their life stories, the stories of their values, the stories of their events, the stories of what carved out their niche and allowed them to make a good living. Right. It, it's not, it's not a, it seems to me, it doesn't seem like it's a tough question to ask. So why the heck aren't we asking it? I, I think they just haven't been trained to do so. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's the, also the process, Rob, of asking different questions. Um, I have a privilege of going into firms across the country and training them, them in this exact regard. And we use a tool. It's called our personalized estate design. Um, we have a questionnaire that these are very intentional questionnaires or questions that ask deep questions that are designed to um, flush out that family story, not just of the one that you're sitting across the table from, but the one, the, a couple generations preceding them, because we are all shaped by the lives and the life story of, of those that we've had to do life with. So it begins with our parents. It begins mm -hmm. with our grandparents. So we look back, and then what we do is we then, through this series of questions, we then look forward. And all of these questions 
um, none of them really have anything to do with the monetary figures that know. the financial advisor will usually ask about. Have you seen, in asking these questions, have you seen lights go on? Have you seen smiles appear? Have you seen changes of attitude saying that, that has really made them appreciate what you're, what you're asking about? Oh, for sure. I've, um, in one of these trainings that I did, the, um, again, this is very, uh, this questionnaire that we have has been years in the making um, with a lot of different groups, a lot of input. So those, those questions are all there for very specific purposes to unpack different layers of the onion with the client really being the onion. Mm -hmm. um, uh, what, uh, what, what happened is um, one advisor went off script and they went and they had this lovely conversation that went very, it went all over the place about this, the client's family, their relationships. At the end, because they went off script, they ultimately didn't have enough information of the right information to help that client craft that personalized estate design which mm -hmm. is the goal. So they had to set up another meeting. But regardless, they still, the client came away edified. What I have found over and over again, and in particular with these more focused questions, it allows for uh, the client, and oftentimes it's a husband and wife situation, it allows for them to have a conversation amongst each other um, that in the course of life, it just doesn't ordinarily happen. In fact, it doesn't even happen at family gatherings. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's, it's a very rich experience for the person that is being asked those questions. Um, it is also very productive in that what will come from this very intentional line of questioning is the story and are the personal values of the one that is putting their estate, which is their final statement of their legacy, um, now they, those documents will have, who are they? Why are they different? What do they want to accomplish for their family members? And what do they want to guard against? What does this do for the people answering the questions, number one, and those who receive the answers, you know, a decade now, a decade or generation or five generations from now? Good what do you question. think the value is for both? Yeah, for, so for the, the one that is being asked the question, the client, it's a lot of self-discovery. Uh, for many, we don't, I find that we don't have that time to just slow down in life and then be reflective of why is it that I am the way I am? Why is it that I want to, I'm a, let's say a thrifty saver? Well, perhaps it's because I lived through the generation, the, the, uh, uh, the greatest uh, generation. The, uh, the, yeah, the depression. In fact, yeah. you bring up the greatest generation. Great, the, uh, great example. They were born in a time of the Great Depression. Families didn't have hardly anything. They grew up. They were then called to war, defend our country, leaving mm -hmm. the women behind. Men were gone. Um, the women all came together and not only supported the war effort, but supported each other in community. Raising kids, it, took, it literally took a village. So that sense of community, uh, of giving back is extremely strong. And a, and a very strong work ethic is extremely strong 
in that generation and very thrifty because they truly didn't know is that next dollar going to come compare that to my kids of today you know we're living in a time of incredible prosperity that this world really hasn't seen before our nation has been materially blessed my kids now have not seen struggle like the greatest greatest generation did they have stuff that the greatest generation would have never even dreamed would be available so very different with its own unique challenges but as you look at character those stories and that life experience will shape them the greatest generation being thrifty the current generation maybe not so because they know that the money is there let's take a, an example of a, you say youngish person somebody listening to you and I right now 50 years old has an estate plan has a will are these questions too is it too early in their life to answer these questions or what would you suggest to that person listening oh absolutely not that's the beauty of of doing this process now first of all we never know when our time is up no so it, 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 we could only be too late we can never be too early yeah. um, but being early on this because of course our legacy will change through time it can always be adjusted but to go through that process now what it does is it allows for you that are the, the person being asked these questions to start planning with the end in sight mm -hmm. you see if we have said this is who we are this is what we want to stand for and we get good clarity on that that allows us now from that moment on to live our life in accordance with the legacy that we've identified as us wanting to have and create yep. we talked about money we've talked about I called it us and that is grandma and grandpa or, or two clients or you and I young people who who can still answer these questions and being clear on who we are and what we are and what we want to leave behind so we've done money in us. Let's do them. What I mean by them is if I want to have, if I have, a, I might even not have a philanthropic goal or I might have them. It's important. Tell me about what this process does, should do to help define my philanthropic goals and, know, and, and, and even see some of it come true today so I can see it and enjoy it and knowing that it'll continue. Yeah, good, good question. Rob, as a, as a trustee, we deal all the time with materialism and navigating around that. Um, navigating around that, helping families to navigate the, around that sense of entitlement. Um, and, and so again, we've talked about the importance of the family story, the values. Um, and we've also talked about the challenges that the people encounter in the marketplace. When they go to their attorney, they go in that door to talk about legal things. When they go into their financial advisor's door, they go to talk about financial things. When we talk about legacy, we're talking about very intimate and personal things. Mm -hmm. Okay, so a little bit different. Um, in the in the context of philanthropy, and especially in the context of the family's foundation be it as a private foundation or a donor advised fund when you talk about philanthropy you're doing two things that are very different than going to your attorney's office or your financial advisors office when you talk about philanthropy you are immediately 
or, or philanthropy itself is uniquely reflective of the personal values that we have. So it automatically, when we talk about what do you care about, what would you like to support, that answer is going to be reflective of the very intimate and personal values that I have. Secondly, Steve, for a second, some people aren't aware of their values. They're not aware of how they want to affect the world. They're not aware of what is important to them. That takes a little bit of digging. It does. And let me share with you a story, a true story of what happened to me with a gentleman that came into my office. And at the time, I was working for a very large foundation. Okay. And we, we administered people's family foundations. This gentleman came in, and he was very transactional. I'd never met him ever before. He came in and he said, Steve, this is who I want to give to with my money. And he had a list of all these different foundations. And he said, what I want you to do, Steve, for me is I want you to tell me how much of the money that I'm going to give them is going to go to their overhead versus specifically to the programs that I care about. Mm -hmm. So this is our, the beginning of our relationship. And then he said, Steve, and also what I want to do is I want you to tell me about your foundation and give me those same numbers because before we start doing business, I need to know this stuff. So very, very transactional. What I did is I said to this gentleman, I'm going to give you all that, that information that you've asked for. But first, let's, let me ask a question. You, have, you want to give a very large donation to the Boys and Girls Club. Can you ask me why that is? Or can you tell me, rather, why that is, club? He said, when I was young, uh, my father died, and I was living in Canada. At that time, my mom had to go and not only raise us kids, but she had to go to work to provide food on the table. It was, my, it was he and his brother, um, and at a very young age, because of his, his dad's passing, he had to go and start to earn some money in addition to engage in his schooling to support the family. So he was very busy, and his mom was never home. So what he did is he had to go, uh, spent a lot of time at the local Boys and Girls Club. Um, as he shared, he barely made it through school, probably because of the life challenges that he had. And as he barely made it through high school, the executive director of the Boys and Girls Club said to him, if you go to college, I will support you. And you can also work here that will also help you to pay for it. But he went and he unpacked what he saw in that young man that he got to know. So that young man took him up on that offer, went to school, um, became incredibly successful. So when I met with him, he was a 60, 70 plus something individual who sadly had been single all his life. He was materially successful beyond most imagination and this was going in what he was doing with me is he was setting up his legacy whether he thought about that or not when I unpacked that when I asked him again I I took this transactional event and made it very personal in the course of about 15 minutes I knew something about him that I I got to know him 
quite intimately because of the question I asked about his philanthropy. Why was it that you were going to give to this place? I then, through his answer, I discovered his life story or a good part of his life story. I also understood why he was so transactional and why he was single all his life. He was hurt very deeply when his father passed away and he had other experiences with relationships which were very, very harmful to him and hurtful. And frankly, he just never really recovered from that throughout his life. Um, and so what we did is we took what I think most people uh, are engaged in. They may go to their attorney. They may go to their financial advisor for a transaction. But then these questions were asked in the philanthropic context. Very simple question. But as you dig deeper into that, there's always that story. Yeah, there's always that story in every one of us. And what you did with him was make him now understand how important it was to him. It was yes. probably bur buried and covered with stuff until you asked those questions. And no kidding, when, when we finished that meeting, that meeting was a little bit over an hour. You hugged and he was crying. Yes, exactly so. And that was our first meeting. We've, got, we've talked about money. We've talked about us, which is the, the characters and the stories and the values that the family carries. We've talked about philanthropy. You talked about the questions that you ask your clients. Can we get a copy of those for the people listening to us now and so that they might begin this journey and then maybe get a hold of you to further them, to further it? Yeah, I'd, I'd, it would be with great joy. I'd, I'd love to serve that, uh, that personalized estate design uh, questionnaire. Love to share that. Um, we usually will go and um, we usually charge families to engage in that process uh, or, uh, you know, also uh, with advisors, but it is pretty well self-contained. So if somebody were to go through that exercise themselves, they will self-discover and ultimately that they will go um, through that process. They will have a pretty good, they will definitely know um, and have clarity as to their story how they have been impacted through their journey of life. The mm -hmm. ethic and the, um, the values that have come out of their own personal journey. And they will also definitely have clarity as to really what is my legacy? What do I want to do for those that I care about? And what am I really concerned about guarding against? So yeah, that would be my gift to anybody Perfect. that wants it. Um, it'd be with great joy. Terrific. Well, it's been great to talk to you. There's so much. It's, it's, a, big, it's a big subject, isn't it? But uh, I think the, the key that comes out in my mind is 99% of people don't go through this process. So we're going to send you a whole bunch of listeners that are going to go through the process and be, I think, happier and more joyful and more clear on where their, their legacies can be. Right. That's the powerful thing. It, it will impact the participant today, but it can literally impact generations to come. Steve Markin, thank you very much. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, it's uh, uh, and I'll look forward to answering these questions myself. I think it's uh, I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty into the subject, but I know I'm going to learn something with when I see the uh, questions you're going to draw the answers from or draw the answers out of me. Thank you so much for the time with us, and um, we will talk, chat again. Thank you, Rob. Appreciate it. Thank you, folks. I'm Rob Lucy. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Legacy Cafe podcast. 
We have lots of great conversations coming your way. And by the way, if you want us to send you reminders that a new podcast is ready for you, go to LegacyCafe.org to subscribe. That's LegacyCafe.org. Have a great day. And remember, the coffee and conversations are always hot at the Legacy Cafe.